Welcome to The Skin Reel, your guide to all things skincare, skin health, beauty, and more, curated by dermatologists and true skin experts. I'm your host, Dr. Mary Alice Mina. I'm a double board certified dermatologist and dermatologic surgeon with over a decade of clinical experience. If you're looking for real, practical, unhyped skincare guidance and expertise, or you just think the skin is really cool, then you're in the right spot. I'm so glad you've tuned in to The Skin Reel. Now let's dive in because this is how dermatologists talk skin. Hi everyone, quick disclaimer here before we start. This podcast is for educational purposes only and is not a substitute for professional care by a doctor or other qualified medical professional. If you're looking for help on your skin journey, please check out the American Academy of Dermatology's website, aad.org, where you can search their database for dermatologists near you. It is so important that you have someone in your corner who's well-trained, licensed, and board-certified who can help you make decisions when it comes to your skin health. Okay, got it? Great. Now for the fun stuff. Hi, everyone. Dr. Mini here from The Skin Reel. And this week, I am talking about nutrition and aging and how it affects not just our bodies in general, but our skin overall. I am really excited to have my colleague, Dr. Emmy Graber, on with me today. She is a board-certified dermatologist and the founder of the Dermatology Institute of Boston, where she currently practices dermatology and cosmetic dermatology. And she received her medical training at Pennsylvania State University. She went on to do a laser and cosmetic fellowship in Boston at Skincare Physicians. And then she also got her MBA from the University of Pennsylvania. And she is very active with teaching, residency training, and lecturing across the country and also is a regular contributor on lots of things like O Magazine, InStyle, and Good Housekeeping. And I am so excited to have her on the podcast this week where we can discuss if it's true, are you what you eat, at least skin-wise. Dr. Graber, thanks so much for being here. Thank you so much for inviting me. So I was at the American Academy of Dermatology meeting in New Orleans what last month, and I heard you give this talk, and I thought this would be a great topic to have on the podcast because I don't know about you, but I'm always asked by people what to eat for healthy skin, and this wasn't talked about so much, at least in my training. And it's definitely something I'm hearing about more and more as we really understand how diet affects our skin and vice versa, right? Right. Yeah, I agree with you. Patients ask me about this all the time. And it's a really hard question to answer. But I think about it when I'm choosing what to eat. What is this doing to my body, particularly my skin? Should I really be eating more of this or that? It's we all want to know because we all want to improve things. And so, yeah, it's a question that comes up a lot. And certainly when you're younger, you don't, well, at least I didn't think about this so much because I really could eat and do whatever I wanted and it didn't seem to affect me. But as you get older, you start to realize, oh shoot, there are consequences and I do feel differently when I eat this versus that. And so it's definitely something I've been thinking about more as I get older as well. Yeah, for sure. It is something I agree. We don't think about what we eat when we're younger, just 
just like a lot of us don't think about our wrinkles until we have them. (laughs) That's right. There's a a funny TikTok meme where someone's saying something about, I didn't think getting old was going to happen to me. So that's (laughs) kind of how it is, isn't it? So true. Tell us, does what you eat affect your skin and does it impact how you age? Is that true? Well, Probably. Yeah, there are a lot of studies that do suggest that there are certain foods or certain parts of foods that may age us prematurely. And there might be some foods or some certain vitamins that help to slow down that process. So for example, you know, there's a lot of good evidence that certain sugars can really impact our skin in a negative way. You know, they can affect our collagen, which is a main part of our skin's health. And it can make our collagen not as healthy and tight looking and vibrant looking as it should be. Um, Likewise, there's some vitamins A and C and a bunch of vitamins that can help to reduce that or help to improve our skin. Yeah, it's not just eat this one thing or avoid this and you'll be great, right? And you'll never age. Yeah, it's not a simple answer. You know, I mentioned the sugars and how there are certain sugars that can be bad because they do impact our collagen, but it is a little bit more complicated than that too, because sometimes if we eat sugars in low quantities, it's not so bad. But if we overdo it with the sugars, that can really be a problem for our skin. And to make it even more confusing, sometimes it's how we cook certain foods that changes those sugars and how they may impact our collagen. And so it is really complicated. One food might be okay if we eat it with a certain cooking method, but if we cook it in another way, it may not be okay for our skin. So it becomes even more confusing. Well, I remember hearing that at your talk, you were saying uh, things that are seared and charred And of course, I mean, that's the best way to eat things, right? Right, on the grill. (laughs) That's right. That can actually increase the number of those sugars that you have that are affecting your collagen. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. When we cook foods at a really high temperature for really fast, like charring them, as you mentioned, or, you know, cooking them on the grill so they get that nice blackened crisp on them, it creates this advanced glycation end products, or we call them AGEs for short. And when we consume those AGs, it can impact our collagen in a negative way, making it more stiff and fragile and easily damaged. And so some foods you could cook them in a different way, a slower heating method like poaching them or steaming them rather than putting it on the grill and searing it and getting that black char. And that might be healthier for your collagen, actually. So it's kind of interesting if you think about certain, and I talked about this in my talk, you might remember, if you think about certain cultures that more steam their food, like some of the Asian cultures that used some baskets to cook their food, steaming baskets, and they poach their food or steam their food, tend to live longer than some of our Western cultures, like in America, where we have our barbecue and our grills, and we're really charring our foods, and we're not really steaming and poaching foods, but getting that nice black and crisp on them. And it makes you wonder, huh, that's really interesting. Some of those cultures that do use those poaching and steaming methods do seem to live longer 
than those of us that char and grill our food. But really interesting. I had never thought about that as impacting aging and our collagen. So that's really interesting to hear. Now, of course, we're not saying if you only steam your food and poach your food, you're not going to age. But this is just one way that it can accelerate the aging process if you were to char your food, grill it at high temperatures all the time, every day. Correct. Correct. And, you know, another thing to remember, some of us start thinking about these things when it's almost a little too late, right? And so there are studies that show that our collagen may be impacted by these sugars as early as the age of 20 years old. So I don't think there's many 21 and 22 year olds out there that are really concerned every time they char their food. But as we enter our 40s and 50s, we may be thinking more and more about how we age. Well, some of that damage started to happen as young as age 20. And that's when we really do see some of the aging processes in the skin happening that could be attributed to foods. If only we could go back in time to our 20-year-old selves, right? Well, beyond charring, are there certain food groups that you recommend that people eat to help prevent aging? Sure. I mean, I, I think there's a simple way to think about it. Foods that are more colorful in general tend to be kind of more of your anti-aging foods. And those are like your fruits and vegetables. I'm talking about those colorful foods, not like a nice bag of orange Cheetos, you know, fruit loops. Yeah, yeah, not Fruit Loops, but but we're talking about fruits and vegetables, foods that in their natural state are, are very colorful or brightly colored. And if you think about, I think a lot of people now know about the Mediterranean diet and have heard of it. It contains a lot of those colorful foods, like tomatoes and avocados and your brightly colored green and orange peppers and those types of foods. They contain a lot of vitamins that have antioxidant properties and may fight against some of the aging properties that we see in other foods. And so it's really important. I think patients ask me in short, what do you recommend to prevent an aging skin? I do direct them towards the Mediterranean diet because it does contain a lot of those foods. The other thing that can be really helpful about that diet is a lot of those foods are high in something called linoleic acid. And that is found a lot in eggs, in fish, such as salmon. Um, And so that can be very helpful. And of course, we can't forget to throw in there that that diet does also contain red wine. So that is another thing that can be good for our skin or has been suggested to be good for the skin. And so all around that can be a great diet to follow. So if patients ask me, what diet should I follow for my skin? I usually steer them towards the Mediterranean diet, which also is a low sugar diet like we talked about earlier. That's great. It's so important for people to know having a balanced diet, including colorful fruits and vegetables, lean protein, complex carbohydrates, those are all, and good fats, right? Those are all important. And it's really hard to have beautiful skin and look vibrant and youthful when you are on a really restrictive diet, when you totally eliminate a food group as being bad or that you can't have that at all. So I think that's important for patients and listeners to know that it's really about balance. And I definitely encourage people to Google 
the Mediterranean diet and sort of see what that is about and give it a try because again, it encourages a lot of variety and a lot of fresh foods. So not processed foods. So I think that's a great tip for listeners for sure. Absolutely. I mean, we talk about having a balanced diet with aging and I know that's kind of what we're primarily talking about, but I often get asked about diet from my acne patients a lot too. And that's kind of a different thing. And I see a lot of not only teenagers, but especially adults that still have acne or maybe just started getting acne. And they go on these restrictive diets because they really want to get rid of their acne. And they'll come in and they'll say to me, well, I figured out that if I eat no sugar and no dairy, I have no acne. Well, okay, but that's not so good for your body. It's not, it's not great for your bones. It's not great for lots of other things. So we have to be mindful, even though it might be good for the skin that, that might not be good for something else. So we really, I think as dermatologists too, have to remember that yes, we're treating the skin, but we also want to treat the whole body too. And so to your point, yes, a balanced diet is really best for the skin, but also really best for the whole body too. That's right. Yeah. We don't want you to have beautiful skin and look great for your age, but then your bones are super brittle or you know, you're, you have muscle wasting because uh, you don't eat any protein or a very strict vegan diet. So it's all about balance. I'm definitely a proponent of that. I certainly can't give up grilling food and having some charred food here and there, but it does give me a little food for thought to think about that maybe steaming as an alternative instead of always pan searing something. So again, it's all about balance and you don't want to have beautiful skin at the expense of the rest to your body. That's such a great point. And what's the fun in life, right? If you can't enjoy a few sweets here and there or a glass of red wine or whatever your craving is, right? That's so true. I mean, if we're talking about treating the whole body, the mind's part of it and we have to keep ourselves psychologically happy too. And so you're right, it all comes back to balance and it is it is a balance. What about with age? We've uh, touched on aging a little bit, but as someone gets older, someone's more mature, should their diet change? And if so, how? Yeah, that's a great question. And I I think this goes back a a little bit to what I was saying earlier. If we're talking about some of our patients that are in their later years, in their 70s and 80s, they're not going to suddenly go back to their 20-year-old selves and be able to do that by reversing their diet. And I think sometimes with those patients too, you have to be really careful about what you recommend with changing their diet because what might be a really drastic change to a 30-year-old that might be tolerated well is not going to be tolerated as well by a 70 or 80-year-old. And so I think recommending changes slowly is really important in that age group. But back to your question, you know, about would it be any different? Not really. You know, I think the same rules really apply to all these ages. There's no kind of different type of Mediterranean diet for different age groups. Of course, we know that some ages need more calcium than others because of bone development and the stability of their bones as they age. But from a skin standpoint, we haven't really identified anything that may necessitate a different dietary change. I think whenever you're talking about diet with anyone, you know, you just also have to be too mindful what medicines that patient is on because there are some parts of the diet, some fruits and vegetables like grapefruit that can really impact medication absorption. And so some patients, some of our older patients who might be on more medicines, we do have to be a little bit mindful as to how their diet might impact 
the effect of some of their medicines too. So I think with our older patients, especially if they're on lots of medicines, I am more encouraging to have them see their primary care doctor also to just make sure that I'm not recommending something that might harm another part of them. That's a really great point about the medications and the interactions with food. People don't always think about that. They sort of feel like they're they're unrelated and that there's no overlap. But um, that's a great point about grapefruit and also patients on Coumadin. They have to be mindful about certain vegetables and things that they eat because that can affect how well their Coumadin is working and how thin their blood can get. So that's a great point. And certainly if someone is on a lot of medicines that can interact with food, perhaps seeing even a nutritionist to help make sure that they are getting all the calories and essential nutrients they need, which I do find some of our older patients, they get very thin at times and they have a good bit of muscle wasting and perhaps they live alone or their spouse died and they aren't really looking after themselves as well. So for these patients, seeing a nutritionist and their primary care doctor can be really helpful too. Right too. And I think we talked about this, some of the other speakers and in those lectures that were that same, that same session that we attended. Some of the speakers talked about medical nutrition therapy, which is identifying where someone might be deficient in a certain vitamin and having them take more of it or eat more of a certain food to help their body. And with those patients, it's also important to remember there can be a patient who's deficient in something or someone might be deficient in a vitamin, but look like they're not thin. And so we have to remember that nutritional deficiencies don't just happen in people who are really thin. You know, you could have someone who's just eating all the wrong things, but still have certain vitamin deficiencies. That's a great point. And I feel like we see this a lot, at least in Western, and I'll, I'll say the US because that's where we are, that people, in fact, are nutritionally deprived, yet they can be obese and morbidly obese, right? It used to be if you were nutritionally deficient, you were tended to be very, very thin. But in our society today, it's so easy to get nutrient deficient foods at a very cheap price. And so people are getting calories, but they're empty calories and not really getting the nutrients, the essential things that they need. So that's a great point. It's not just thin people who may have deficits, but in fact, I would say even in our country, sometimes it's quite the opposite. That is a good point to remember. So it's really can apply to anyone, you know, better nutrition, not just to our thinner patients um, or patients who don't want to age or who are asking about it. I think it's good to bring up to people of all sizes. And one thing I love that you're not here saying, eat this one fruit or this one vegetable. I think that tends to be the tendency, right? There is a superfood that's touted as being the cure-all for everything. And it's the darling in the media. So eat pomegranates or eat uh, avocados and everyone, people go overboard with that, right? And then that's all they eat. And then they're eating too much of that. So again, it's just important to know it's not that there's one food that's good, one food that's bad. Again, it's all about balance and moderation and you get different 
essential vitamins and nutrients from different foods. And so making sure that you are eating a balanced diet, I think, and sort of steering towards a Mediterranean diet is really just a great way to stay healthy. And when your body is healthy, your skin's going to reflect that. Absolutely. I think that that is absolutely true. And keep in mind that we're not treating different organs, our skin and our stomach and our liver separately. They're all part of one. Absolutely. And it's interesting how you can see sometimes these vitamin deficiencies in the skin, how they manifest in the skin with certain characteristics, like if you're vitamin C deficient or different B vitamins. So again, also taking a multivitamin can be helpful with that. But I also am a big proponent of just eating this source of the nutrients by eating the food rather than just taking supplements. I don't know. How do you feel about that? Well, I totally agree. I think people spend so much money buying these vitamins. And I, I think, why didn't they just go to the grocery store and buy, buy the, the fruit and then they can have a meal and get their vitamin at the same time. Yeah, I think sometimes just having a little bit knowledge about what to look for at the store can be really helpful. Absolutely. Well, Dr. Graber, this has been really informative and helpful. Can you maybe send our listeners off with your top three tips for nutrition and aging and what they can be doing or thinking about? Sure. So I think my top three tips, the first thing I mentioned when we were talking was following maybe a low sugar diet or perhaps cooking your foods differently or consider sometimes poaching them rather than charring them. Second tip would be to consider the Mediterranean diet as guidance for foods to choose from, some colorful foods, fish, eggs, perhaps some red wine. And the third tip that you and I talked about a lot is having a balanced diet, nothing that's overly restrictive, a diet that includes lots of different types of foods in moderation. Great advice. And for anyone who really wants to delve more into this, seek the guidance of an expert like a nutritionist who can really look at your medical history, the medicines you're taking, and and also your lifestyle, what's reasonable and what's not reasonable for you to be doing at that stage of your life. And they can help address any areas you might be deficient in nutrients and, and suggest areas to improve upon. So, and again, this is all about just taking care of your body in general. And when you take care of your body, your skin reflects that for sure. That's a great way to sum it up. Dr. Graber, this has been a lot of fun. Where can our listeners find you if they want to follow you or learn more about what you're up to? Oh, absolutely. They can follow me on Instagram at Derm Boston. So D-E-R-M Boston, the city where I live and work. Wonderful. Well, thanks so much, Dr. Graber, and we'll see everyone next week. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening to The Skin Reel. I hope it's been informative, educational, and perhaps a little entertaining. If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to like and subscribe and share with a friend. Don't want to stop your learning just yet? Head on over to theskinreel.com for show notes, blog posts, and so much more. Until next time, skin friends.